Welcome to another podcast of Nothing But The Truth with Jeff Lowe. The last time we spoke, we were talking about the subject of contentment. This is the second part of a three or four part series on that topic. So when last we spoke, I was teaching from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And so we want to continue with that. And I'm going to open up in prayer and then we will get started once again. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you Lord, for another opportunity to look into your word. We don't take this opportunity lightly. Lord, I pray, Lord, for the listeners that what is spoken can be applied to their lives. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. It's not about me. It's all about you, Lord. Thank you for using me at a time such as this. Bless the hearers, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hear from you this moment, this hour, this day, in Jesus' name, amen. And so we're going to be looking um, at Philippians 4, verses 11 through 13, and in order to reacquaint us with the passage, I'll read again, and starting at verse 11, it says, not that I have, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And so you have here Paul speaking from prison and he is talking about being content. And what I tried to do in our in the previous podcast, I tried to give some ways that we can be content just in life in general. And one of the things that I tried to talk about is dealing with where you will hear no at in your life. Because if you can't deal with that two letter word, no, you're going to have a hard time being content in life. And so the first no that I dealt with was when God tells you no. There are moments in our lives that God has to tell us no. He has to tell us no for our own good. He has to tell us no in order for us to mature in him. He has to tell us no because some of the things that we want are not, are not good for us. The other thing I tried to bring out was that sometimes God will delay something and it doesn't mean no. And I brought up the example of Abraham. If you recall, God gave Abraham a promise that his descendants would be as many as the stars in the sky. And so I brought that out that God delayed it. And then when God delayed that, Abraham tried to manufacture the blessing that only God could do himself. Now, the other example I brought out was the Apostle Paul and how Paul um, had a thorn in the flesh and he asked God three times to remove this thorn and God didn't do it. And what happened with Paul in that situation, God gave Paul more grace to deal with the situation. And so sometimes when God tells us no, he really wants to give us grace to deal with where we are. Because all the time, God isn't going to remove certain things. He isn't going to give certain things because he wants us to rely solely on him. And sometimes he has to tell us no. 
The other no that I dealt with on that was when people tell us no. If you've been alive for any amount of time, you have to learn when people say no to you. And that's difficult being an adult because we want to hear yes most of the time. We want people to tell us yes. And if you really think about this, this two-letter word no has hurt so many people because they didn't know how to deal with it. Prison is filled with people who don't like that word no. And so ultimately, the better we know how to deal with the word no, the more content we'll be. The other place where you will hear no, and, and, and we don't like to discuss this too often, is no to ourselves. We don't like telling ourselves no. Some of the things that we want, we should say no. Why am I saying that? There are some things that if we get too much of it as an adult, it could harm us. If you ate everything you wanted all the time and you never told yourself no, you would be an unhealthy person and you would end up in the hospital. So sometimes you have to tell yourself no for your own good. The other thing I tried to bring out is how to deal with your, your emotions, your desires. Um, I talked about Proverbs 25, 28, and just to kind of quick recap the verse, it says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down without walls. I tried to bring out that we're responsible for our own emotions. As adults, you can't blame another person for where you are emotionally. You have to take responsibility for that. You have to take responsibility for your own emotions. The other thing I tried to bring out is we have to be responsible for our choices, the decisions that we make in life. We have to be responsible. We can't hold somebody else responsible for the choices that we make. And I also brought out, uh, finally, uh, circumstantial obedience versus absolute obedience. Circumstantial obedience says that as long as everything is working out in my life, as long as everything's going well, then I will obey God. Absolute obedience says, even if everything isn't working out in my life, I'm going to obey God. You see, we want to be those absolute obedience Christians that listen to God and obey God despite external circumstances. And so that was a recap from my la my last podcast on contentment. We're going to continue with the same idea talking about contentment and we're going to continue with verse 11. And I'll read verse 11 again and it says not that I speak in respect of want for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in therewith to be content. We want the last part of the verse where it says therewith to be content. And what Paul is saying here, no matter where he was, he operated at a level of peace and patience in Jesus Christ. And in order to, to be content, we have to learn how to wait on God. Now think about this. Paul is locked up in a prison chain to a Roman soldier and he's saying, I had to learn to be content at whatever state that I'm in. I had to I had to be at peace where I am. I had to be patient. You see, Paul didn't know when he was going to be released from this jail. He didn't know how long, but yet he had peace and patience in Christ. He had to wait on God. 
That's one of the hardest things to do as a believer is waiting on God, but that is a key to contentment. Many Christians have gotten to a place where they don't want to wait on God, but in waiting on God, that is how you learn how to be content. That is one of the keys to being content, waiting on God, waiting for God to answer, waiting for God to move, waiting for God to help you in your situation rather than you try to fix it yourself. What if Paul had to try had tried to free himself instead of waiting for God? See, ultimately, as believers in Jesus Christ, we trust God with our lives and we wait on him for his provision. And that is a key to contentment, waiting on God. The other thing about being content is that we give in to the Holy Spirit who resides in us as believers because two of the fruit of the Spirit is one is peace, the other is patience. If we operate in those two things and we give in to the Spirit of God who's in us, guess what? We will be content no matter what, no matter where we are. And so we, that's the last part of verse 11. Let's move on to verse 12. And verse 12 says this. Paul says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And when you look at this verse, Paul is saying, in other words, I know how to operate when I don't have a lot. Well, when I do, I know to what it is to be in want or what it is that um, I'm all of my needs are being met. I'm going to be content no matter what state I am in. And see, this contentment that Paul, this this mindset that Paul has, Paul's mindset didn't change towards God no matter what state that he was in. He remained to be the same. He knew how to have a lot. He knew how to have a little. If you go and you look out in the world, you're going to see people that have more than you. You're going to see people who you think have, have it better off than you in life. But I'm here to tell you that looks can be deceiving. The very person that you think doesn't have issues, they do. The very person that you think has a lot, they may have other issues in other areas of their life and you think that they don't have those, have issues, but they do. One of the first, first ways, one of the, one of the best ways to be content is to learn not to compare yourself to other people. Part of the trick of the enemy, the devil, he wants us to look at other people and try to get what they have. Instead of us waiting for God to give us what he wants us to have, the enemy wants us to chase those things ourselves and take our attention off of God himself. When you look at Romans 12, Romans 12 says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, that will take away our desire to look at other people and we will be looking at Jesus. We'll be looking at Jesus. And so we're still talking about being content. And I kind of wanted to sidestep. Let's look at Psalm 73 verses 2 and 4. 
Psalm 73 verses 2 and 4. And, and this is David here speaking. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. Don't be tempted to look out into the world or to look at other people and think that they don't have issues because they do. David had got to a point where he nearly lost his foothold. What is he saying here? David had almost lost sight of what was important. He had almost lost sight of uh, his relationship to God by looking at people. Don't, lo don't lose that foothold that you have with the Lord in looking at other people because part of being content is your your where you are looking it isn't other people is looking at God and you allow God to give you what you need now I want you to skip down in Psalm 73 we're still in Psalm 73 and we're still talking about contentment here it says Psalm 73 verses 17 and 18 and it says this until I went into the sanctuary of God and then understood I therein. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. Now see, you got to see the end of, the, end of the, the story. See, David saw the end that the very people that he thought didn't have issues, they really did have issues and it led to destruction. If we take our eyes off of Jesus Christ for only but a moment, that leads to us not being content. We have to focus on him. The other thing I want you to see is we have to focus on what we have and not on what we don't have. Someone else always has it worse than you do, but as human beings, we have a tendency to focus on what we don't have instead of, of what we do have. The Bible talks about us being new creatures in Christ, beholding what is new. When was the last time you beheld what was new and all of the blessings that God has bestowed upon you in this life? Because I can tell you this, that that will lead to more contentment because you're looking at the blessings that you do have rather than looking at what you don't have. A key to contentment is being happy with exactly what you have. And this can be difficult sometimes, but ultimately, if we focus on the things that God has done, you will have contentment. When was the last time you sat down at the kitchen table and listed out all of the blessings that God has given you this day? When, when was the last time you've written out for a whole month all of the blessings that God has given to you? Have you considered the fact that the things that you have, other people may want? The things that you throw in the trash, someone else may want to pick that thing up out of the trash and use it. And you're so blessed, you're able to throw something away that someone else would want. When you look at life in that way, in those terms, you will be content with God and where you are. And see, the other part of this, 
Remember, David is looking out into the world in Psalm 73, and I'm trying to show you a portrait here or just a brief little snapshot in how, as believers, sometimes we lose focus, and in us losing focus off of Jesus, we lose focus on being content. We can't allow the world to give us our values. We have to allow the Bible to do that. The Bible tells us that we are in the beloved of God. God loves us. We're, we're a prized possession. As believers, the Bible says that we have been redeemed not with things such as silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lamb. We are valuable to God. And see, the, the point I'm trying to make here, the things that God values as his children, as his followers, as his saints, we should value the things that God values and not the things that the world values. Because see, the world will tell you that you need a particular type of car, you need to know a particular type of person, you need to have a particular amount of money in your bank account, and you need to have all of these different different accolades and titles in order to be content. See, God doesn't value those things. God values souls. God values people. And that's what we should value as his followers. Let me read to you another passage. It's a passage in Romans. It's Romans 12 too. It's a well-known passage and I'm sure you may know it. And it says this, and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, when you look at this verse on the surface, the verse is saying, don't go into the pattern of the world. Don't, don't think about things. Don't see things how the world sees it. See things how God sees things, but, but, if you look a little closer, this is a value system. The world holds a particular value system and God has a value system. And those two value systems are opposed to one another. If you allow the world to tell you what is valuable, you will not be content. You have to value what God values. And see the other area, the, the other thing I want to tell you here is that in us accepting where God has us in life, in us allowing the Bible and God himself to tell us what we should value, ultimately, that is where we will be content. Now, we're going to continue with this same podcast, uh, uh, the same topic, speaking of contentment, and I'll finish it out in my, in my third part message on this, on contentment. And so I'm going to close out in prayer on the message. I hope you hope you enjoyed it. And remember, you can share uh, my podcast on your personal media, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And you can listen to me on Anchor and on Spotify and some other uh, sites as well. I look forward to hearing from you next time. Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for those who, who listened and took time out to listen to me this day. I thank you, Lord. Uh, help us, Lord, to learn to be content with where you have us, Lord, in our lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
And I have to do this because this is why I'm this is what I'm called to do. I'm called to give the gospel. And so I have wanted to look at some scripture passages with you uh, right now just to share the gospel with you because otherwise why do why do this why even do the podcast it's all about the gospel of jesus christ and i want to read to you some scriptures from romans and it says this romans 3 10 says this as it is written there is none righteous no not one that scripture means that there is not one righteous person on this earth Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In other words, there is no one that can live up to the standard of God. Romans 10, Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says this, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thy, the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And all you have to do with me right now at this moment, and I, and I just have a question for you. If you were to die today, where would you go? Would you go to heaven? Would you be in heaven with Jesus Christ, or would you go to hell? Because see, ultimately, that's what it's really about. That's what it's really about. Where would you go in the times that we live in with COVID-19, with people being shot at a moment's notice, um, the, all of the different things that we see going on around us, where would you go? And I have a way that you can know for sure. Just repeat after me. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I accept you as my personal savior. Please come into my heart right now. In Jesus name, amen. It's just that simple. You can receive him. And God wouldn't wish that any would, would perish, but all come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God loves you. He loves you enough to send Jesus Christ to die for you. And so all you had to do was just repeat that prayer. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5 to 17, it says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. If you prayed that prayer with me, you are now a new creature in Christ. You are now able to live a new life in Christ Jesus. I thank you for listening. I thank you for your support of my podcast, Nothing But The Truth. Again, you can reach out to me by email at nothingbutthetruth04 at gmail.com. Thank you.